Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Uh, very pleased to say I have sat next to me Nick Hockley, the Chief Executive of Cricket Australia. Thanks for joining us on SEN. Thanks for having me, Adam. What a year it's been for this men's team uh, since they left these shores, winning everything, really. The World Test Championship final, retaining the Ashes, winning the World Cup in spectacular circumstances in Ahmedabad. You must be very proud. Yeah, I think, I think they've made us all, all very proud. Um, the result of a huge amount of work, I think over, over really many years and everyone across Australian cricket, but you know, particularly the last couple of years. And... Yeah, to hold all of those trophies and yeah, really I think it's quite unprecedented in world cricket um, and we're obviously not too far away from a T20 World Cup mm. in the US uh, and the West Indies. So, you know, to the, to the, whole, um, the whole system really across the states, the territory, states and territories, high performance systems, uh, the selectors, the coaches, all the support staff and obviously the leadership within the team. It's uh, just been um, fantastic to see them get the rewards for all the hard work. So the first, uh, first part of the homecoming party, if you like, is here at uh, Perth Stadium, the West Test. It was a pretty rough build-up here 12 months ago with a lot of uh, animosity towards Pat Cummins and the Australian team, but that seems to have dissipated almost entirely. Is that your impression as well? Well, I think, as we've just discussed, um, you know, they've done the talking on the pitch. They've played in great spirit. Uh, the World Cup win just shows you know, how much they, they, they wanted it. And... Uh, yeah, I think it's been really, it has been tough over here in, in the West. We couldn't play uh, international cricket here for a, for a couple of years. So we've really worked together with WA Cricket, with uh, the um, tourism board, with all our, our partners. You can see I'm looking out over the, um, the, the NRMA Insurance uh, Hill, recreating the Wacker Ground. So we've thrown absolutely everything behind it. And to see yesterday over 16,000, which is the highest attendance for a day of uh, test cricket against Pakistan in, in Western Australian history, shows that we're on the right trajectory. And then uh, we've also got a fantastic program coming up with India here for five tests next year and then into, a, into the return ashes at home. I was going to ask you, Nick, about that figure yesterday, 16,000, a work day, a school day. Uh, were you happy with that number? Oh, you always want more. Um, but um, as I said, I think we're on, on the right trajectory and... You know, I mean, I'm look, looking out, magnificent uh, weather. I think the way that Australia, you know, we, we've really taken the game on at, on at pace and just encourage everyone here in Perth to come down later on today and then we're looking forward to a cracking weekend as well. So hopefully we just build on that number. So obviously the wacker is being redeveloped. So say in seven or eight years' time when Pakistan comes again, would that game be played at the wacker as opposed to here? Because, I mean, 16,000 is quite a lot of people. If it was at the Wacker, the crowd would have looked quite big, whereas here, because it's such a vast stadium, 16,000 can get quite lost. 
Well, I think, I mean, this is a magnificent it is, stadium. Yeah. It is, you know, the facilities for the patrons, uh, just the, the view of the pitch is so close to the pitch. Our, our ambition is for, for test cricket against the major playing nations uh, to be played here at a really full Optus Stadium, and that's absolutely our ambition. I think, you know, initiatives like uh, recreating the, the, the hill, working together uh, on, on promotion, uh, we, we expect it to go from strength to strength. It's never really been a ground yet in, in test history here where you've had big numbers through the gates, but that should change next year with, with India and the year after with England. Just thinking ahead to schedules and so on, um, is it probable that we'll revert to Brisbane being the start of the summer, then off to Adelaide, then here before Christmas, which has typically been the rhythm in a five-test match series? So um, more than ever, we've got a great view of the next really six or seven years ahead, and we're working with venues with uh, cricket boards with with tourism boards around the country to try and give everybody a bit more certainty about what the future program looks like so that we're not having this continual debate and actually mm. we can plan and make the events a really big celebration as big as they can possibly be so that's all being worked through um, as we speak um, and hopefully we'll have more to say on that towards the end of the season. But the expectation would be, from a cricketing perspective, the players will want to start at the Gabba. From an administrative perspective, is, is that where your head's at as well? Uh, not necessarily. I think what we want to do is we want the right timing to make brilliant event propositions in, e in each, of the, each of the different markets. Um, we're conscious there's lots of history, uh, yeah. lots of traditions. Um, but you know, as I said, those are, those are discussions. And mainly we want to um, keep Test Cricket strong. We want to build brilliant events and give everyone a bit of consistency and certainty so that we can plan forward. Uh, moving to the big off-field story over the last two days, Usman Khawaja. There's quite a lot of interest in the nuts and bolts of this one, as I'm sure you can appreciate. Um, what, what was your first knowledge that this was a thing? Was it when Pete Lawler published his article, or did you have um, some, a bit of a heads-up on what was happening? Yeah, no, I um, came over to Perth late on Tuesday night, woke up Wednesday morning, and uh, phone was phone was going. So that, that was the, the first, um, the first I, I had heard of it. And look, you know, I think it, um, a lot's been said, um, but I think the, the, the position's pretty clear. Look, we, we support our players to you know, express their own opinions in, in their own way and uh, over their own channels. But uh, when it comes to kind of teams representing their country in international cricket, the ICC have uh, clear guidelines about uniforms and, um, and uh, you know, what, what they look like and, and not being able to put um, kind of personal kind of slogans or uh, things forward and, and and they're there for I think good reason um, and um, so you know the ICC um, you know ma make their position very very clear and we expect our players to support that. But those guidelines are rubbery and there has been discretion shown in the past I mean did you see an opportunity there to advocate on behalf of Usman to the ICC did those conversations take place where you said CA actually would like him to be able to proceed? I think there's a there's an application process and a, a strong lead time. So there are instances, you know, as an example, you know, the West uh, Indies team you know, supporting Black Lives yep. Matter. Um, that was a, a you know, very significant long consultation period. So I think the main thing is um, there are, there are uh, processes available, but they need to be done in the right way and, and, and with due lead time. So um, you know, I think everyone's now really focused on, focused on the cricket and it's something that will sit down next week um, and, and talk through. I know you spoke to Usman Kawasha personally around this and acknowledging he wouldn't be able to wear them this week, but are we to take from that that there's a, a process that uh, might be undertaken between now and Boxing Day for him? Um, I, know, I think, as I said, everyone's focused on the cricket. I think um, hopefully we'll have the opportunity 
to sit down and, and, and talk it all through. And yeah, I do think that the ICC guidelines are very clear, um, and I do think there's a clear process of application. So that's best done. Um, you know, outside of a, of a test match when everyone's really focused on the cricket. There are lots of different competing opinions on this. Federal Government Minister, Senior Ministers have come out stridently supporting Usman Khawaja, saying that there shouldn't have been any drama with this through the course of the Perth test match. Is that your personal view as well, that um, had Khawaja um, worn those shoes that it would have been fine? Look, again, I refer back to the, the guidelines. I think they're there for really, really good, good reason. Um, and uh, yeah, absolutely, we want to support all our players, um, you know, who feel strongly about certain things to express themselves. But you know, when you're playing cricket for, for your country, when you're, you're out there rep representing the country, um, I think those guidelines and those, those regulations are in place for good reason. He wore a black armband yesterday in, instead of the shoes. Uh, do you expect he'll get sanctioned for that on the basis that, per the statement CA put out yesterday, that was around the same topic that he was discussing the day before? Um, I'm, uh, I'm not sure. I mean, again, I think, um, again, I'm not clear on the reasons why um, Uzi is choosing to, to wear the, the, black armband, um, the black armband yesterday. Um, that's, again, something for the, for the ICC and the match referees. It's, it sort of taps into a wider conversation around uh, professional athletes, this cricket team, but athletes more widely. They're self-publishers, right? They, they have these big megaphones and they want to use them and their captain, Pat Cummins, in this instance, is encouraging his players to do that. It, it might mean this isn't the last time you're up uh, in, in a situation like this administratively? Uh, and look, again, I really feel that um, we want to support our players to express themselves. We've got incredible characters. They're extremely passionate about a whole range of, uh, range of causes. Um, and, you know, we support them to do that. But when it comes to kind of representing the team on the park, um, you know, there are clear guidelines in place for very, very, very good reason. Um, so Can you say what the reasons are? Like, what are the? Like, I mean, in, in terms of the, the statement he was making, uh, it, what, what are the? Like, if you step back a little bit, why would that be seen as something that could um, contravene uh, what the ICC is trying to achieve here? I, I think, um, I think it's about uh, about precedence and about having some level of of control. Actually, people are representing their countries in cricket matches. Um, if it if it just opened up, then it would be very very different, difficult. And if you did get into a, a situation. Um, you know, a situation, situation where people are putting forward things that are, are inappropriate, then you don't have the control. So right. it's, it's purely, um, uh, I think it's a, it's a good process. There's an application process. The, the regulations are there, there for a reason. But we do absolutely support um, our players to, to have a voice um, more, more broadly. Moving on to another character in the team, David Warner. He got his big 100 yesterday. As a CEO, what's it like having David Warner to look after? <laughs> well, look, I mean, first, what a magnificent career he's had. Uh, 37 years old. He's, you know, um, played beautifully. Uh, yesterday, uh, I thought the way that he fielded, just the energy in the field at the, in the World Cup was really instrumental to the overall campaign and, and particularly at the pointy end of the tournament. Um, and so, you know, I think to have a, a true great... Um, 109 tests. I think he's played you know, to, to be so dominant in all three formats. Um, I think he'll go down as a great, great of the game. And um, you know, from a personal perspective, uh, we live around the corner, catch up with him fairly regularly. Um, uh, yeah, he's he's extremely knowledgeable and got a great interest in in, in the in the game in all formats. 
uh, I think he's got a huge amount to offer, uh, uh, even after, after his retirement. And based with what he did yesterday, it now looks almost certain, in fact, I think it is certain now, that he'll have that farewell in Sydney, which kind of is something for, for us to all look forward to at home for him to have that, that send-off that he wanted. Yeah, well, he certainly did the talking on the pitch uh, <laughs> yesterday. And, um, no, it's just great to see him in, in, in such great form. And, um, you know, what a treat for uh, the fans here in Perth, but also Boxing Day and then, and then Sydney, to, to see a true, true great, you know, rare air over 8,000 test runs um, you know, to see on home soil. I think that'll be, you know, um, a real farewell that he deserves. You mentioned before that you're trying to give some certainty around the domestic schedule in, in the summers to come, but it's an ongoing drama for any administrator around the world, isn't it? That future tours program, it's an impossible beast, increasingly so. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I take a... Um, scheduling is really, really complicated, mm. um, really complicated, and we're unique in that sense with the three formats of the game. Um, I, I, I take the view that there is more, or there are more opportunities, there's more investment coming into the game than ever before. I mean, what we are focused on is making sure that playing for Australia remains the absolute pinnacle and that um, international cricket is the priority. And then also making our domestic competitions, the WBBL, the BBL, um, you know, the best they can possibly be. There are compromises around the global game at the moment around that, though, the proliferation of domestic T20 leagues, which are broadly speaking owned by the IPL, and the riches that, that come with that. We've seen two more leagues pop up over the last 18 months. South Africa won't, won't be able to field even a third 11 side in New Zealand in a couple of test matches in January. It felt like a bit of a tipping point from the outside looking in, and they may not be the identical challenges that you face into the future, but challenges of that variety will probably end up on your desk. And I think it's something, maintaining the strength of Test cricket is something that we're actively talking about at an ICC level. I mean, here in Australia, we're seeing you know, over a million people tune in for every session, um, just, you know, and a, a great amount of pop popularity. We've, as I said, just locked in five tests home and away for the Border Gavaskar uh, trophy. But I think around the world, there are competing pressures. Um, there are also amazing opportunities uh, for, our, for our players. As we head into a T20 World Cup in the US, the West Indies, yeah, seeing we would like to see as many of our players picking up uh, high-value IPL contracts, and then you see um, you see the growth of the women's game, and you also uh, you say see countries like the Netherlands emerging and playing in a, you know, fantastically mm. in a ten-team World Cup. So, look, overall, I think the global growth of the game. Um, we're in the Los Angeles 28 Olympic Games, mm -hmm. can only be a good thing. It's attracting investment. There's more opportunities, uh, and um, you know, ultimately more competition and. You know, we're working really, really hard to make sure we stay out in front. But it's fair to conclude that there'll be added complexity in your role and those performing similar roles around the world in relation to um, the draw to very, very high-paying domestic T20 tournaments as it relates to what you're able to offer as national contracts. Um, absolutely, there's complexity, um, but uh, there's huge, huge opportunity. I mean, we've um, just inked a seven-year deal with Disney um, in India. There's huge global opportunities. And uh, you know, in our latest player deal, um, you know, again, we put more into our national contracts, more into our uh, BBL contracts, um, more into our, um, our female playing contracts. And so we are actually having to, we have to respond and compete um, with those pressures. But you know, the, um, the overall game globally, uh, as Warney said famously, second, uh, second biggest sport in the world, mm. uh, and it's growing at a great rate. And, and we've got to be a driver of that. Nick, the BBL started uh, well, just over a week ago now. 
What does success look like for you with the BBL for the, for the new season? Obviously, a slightly shortened season, and you've made a, a couple of little adjustments. Then the complexity of this test now, so there's a bit of a break. What, what do you see success look like? So I see great competition, and you know, it's great that some of our test stars could play in the early rounds. Uh, families coming out and having an absolute ball at the amazing cricket stadiums right around Australia. Um, coming out in their shirts, supporting their teams, and then picking up a bat and ball. And, you know, I think there's a really strong link between what we're seeing out there, our incredible female male players, um, and kids picking up a ball. We're 30% up year on year for World Wars Cricket Blast, um, as compared to this time, this time last year. Um, so we just want everyone to come out, really enjoy the summer, really enjoy the game. And the, the BBL is the way that families can do that. Do you think the crowds will get back to those halcyon days from five or six years ago? Is that still an aim or do we find that we will reach a point where it is what it is sort of thing when it comes to the crowds, to the BBL? I think, I think um, absolutely that's what we're keen to do. So we have um, now got each team has five home games as opposed to seven. Um, and we're really putting everything we possibly can. You saw Rocketman. Um, at, the, uh, at the Gabba, so it's a great entertainment uh, night out as well as, as well as top cricket. So, and you know, we've kept the ticket pricing flat for eight years. Uh, so we just encourage all the families to come down, and absolutely, you know, we want to see um, after a couple of very difficult years when we couldn't get out and about, we want to see um, everyone coming out for for the Big Bash leagues. And Nick, in closing, the Shane Warne Foundation announcement during the week, that that should be a, a significant part of the Boxing Day test experience, not only this year, but in years to come as well. Yeah, and it's, um, you know, I think we were all in, we were in Pakistan when we yeah. uh, heard about Shane and also Rod Marsh. Since I received, I must have received 20 or 30 letters saying, you know, we've got to do something about this. And so, you know, to the Warne family, um, to... Uh, work um, to promote heart health and really make a, a difference um, not only here in Australia but all around the world uh, is just absolutely incredible. It's something I'm very passionate about. I lost my dad 14 years ago to, to heart attack. Um, it remains the number one cause of death in, in Australia. So um, you know, I just think the, the kids are, are just incredible um, and uh, we're hoping that it'll be a great way to celebrate and remember Warney, but then also we, that we're actually helping save lives.